you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we talk all about the Hunter's Lodge, we meet Assis and Talana, and we discuss the remaining hunting grounds and the weapons of the Lodge. Welcome to episode 16 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, and I'd like to uh, welcome any new listeners as well as any returning listeners. Uh, We hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're enjoying the game. I would imagine so. This is episode 16. You've had more than enough time to stop playing or stop listening, so... (laughs) <laughs> but uh, we would like to uh, welcome you guys uh, again, and you know, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. So if you want to, hop into our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. We do have channels dedicated to Horizon, Zero Dawn, and Forbidden West. Also spoiler channels if you want to talk spoilers. So yeah, feel free to hop in. We'd love to have you there. So before we get started today, let's recap what we talked about last time. Uh, last time we finished out the Meridian questline, we found Ursa alive. But then she died, but not before warning us about Derval's plot against Meridian. We were able to stop that plot. We stopped him from blowing up Meridian. Uh, and then we went face-to-face with Derval and saved Meridian Avad. We saved everybody. That's what we do. So, uh, yeah, we finished out that quest line. And for the main quest line, we're, we're pretty much on, on the old ones at this point, trying to find out what Project Zero Dawn was and all that stuff. But before we do that, before we really dig into that. I did want to go over one piece of Meridian that we really didn't talk about, and that was the Hunter's Lodge. And the reason we separated, because I know we did the side quest for Meridian, but the reason we separated from it is because the the Hunter's Lodge has its own storyline, basically, right? So uh, we wanted to go through that Hunter's Lodge storyline and also talk a bit about the hunting grounds, because, you know, we did that throughout the game. And I know we didn't talk about the last three. You know, as we were kind of going on, they really didn't fit anywhere. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. Uh, so the quest you get for the Hunter's Lodge that, that takes you there eventually, that quest actually starts in the Northern Embrace. Or it actually, technically speaking, starts wherever you do the first hunting ground. So if you miss the, the, hunt, the, 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 uh, the hunting ground in the Northern Embrace, the valley meet first, or maybe you miss both of those and you hit the hunting ground in a great run first, because I mean, that's like coming right down the hill from day tower. That's where this quest is going to start. And they're going to tell you that you need three half suns to get into the hunting lodge. So when you do get to Meridian and you enter the lodge, you're greeted by an older man named Legan. You need to win three half suns at our hunting grounds to gain admittance to the lodge. You mean these? Very well, then. Congratulations, and welcome. Our members reap rewards and adventure and live on in legend. Am I a member now? No, you're only a fledgling. Junior members are called thrushes. To join and become a thrush, you need a senior member called a hawk to sponsor you. 
so I need to find a hawk. Yes, but a hawk can only sponsor one hunter at a time, and I'm afraid most of them already have one. I've overcome worse odds. Where do I start? Upstairs. Present yourself to the Sunhawk Assis, our leader, who should introduce you to a hawk. I hope it's worth it. What do you mean? You'll see. And so, you know, he'll tell you need three half-sons. And at this point in the game, unless you, like, have been purposefully skipping those trials, like, you're just the type of person that doesn't like to do trials. Uh, yeah. Stan's looking around right now. <laughs> so, I did the first three trials and got three half-sons, and I was like... Yeah, I'm good for now. And like, didn't do anymore. So I did the bare minimum without even realizing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Like some people, when they see it, they're like time trials. They don't even want to bother. So, but like, if you want to get this quest line, you have to at least start it. Uh, and you need three half sons. There's the bare minimum, meaning all you have to do is complete them. You do not have to like race to get. Yeah. Just, just completing them gets you into the lodge. So. So uh, if Aloy has them, she will give them to him, and he welcomes and congratulates you. And Aloy's like, well, am I a member now? He's like, uh, no, that's not how it works. You're what's called a fledgling. And uh, that's not even a junior member. That's just somebody who had, I guess, three three marks to get <laughs> into the lodge. Um, and a junior member is actually called a thrush. And to, uh, to be a thrush, you actually have to be sponsored by a hawk. You know, if you actually want to be a hawk, in the uh and the hawks are the big hunters right and if you want to be a hawk in the hunter's lodge uh you you start with a thrush as being a thrush and you actually have to be sponsored by a hawk you know and a hawk can only sponsor one uh thrush at a time and most of the hawks already have one is what lincoln tells you so and uh, just a, a fun fact about the Hunter's Lodge, as you can find out through uh, glyphs, is that there's only seven hawks at one time. So it's actually pretty exclusive. Just being a thrush, <laughs> you know, it seems to be, a, a, you know, pretty, pretty difficult. So, you, you know, if you don't have the skills, you'll be a fledgling forever. Right. Uh, but Ayla, she asks where she should start. And Legan tells her to go find a cease, the leader of the lodge, and he says he hopes it's worth it. And she's kind of like, what do you mean? Because whenever somebody says, I'm like, go talk to this person. I hope it's worth it. You know you're going to have a bad time. Right. You know. So, uh, you know, she's like, he's like, you know, you'll see what I mean. And uh, so she heads upstairs. She talks to a cease. And that conversation, is, you know, it goes as expected based off of what Legan says. Ah, the machine writer graces us with her presence. You're Anora, are you not? A fighter from the Savage Lands. The Sacred Land, but yes. I fought for everything I got. Huh. Tell me, do the Nora often wander into other people's homes and do whatever they like? Of course not. But that is what you're doing, right now. Stinking up our lodge, pestering your betters. You're hardly my better. Legan said I had to meet you to become a member. That would be true if there were any chance of you becoming a member. But you're a savage, and no savage will rise in the ranks of the Hunter's Lodge while I am the Sun Hawk. Now be gone. No. I was led to believe there are rules here. If they count for nothing, then even your position is meaningless. So quit blustering and tell me. Is there a Hawk who is free to sponsor me? Very well. Talana is free. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fitting? Trash sponsoring trash. 
Now get out of my sight. So he's a total jerk, right? Like that. This is. I mean, he's what we've come to expect from some uh, from you know, Carjans, I guess you would call them. <laughs> some Carja, maybe. Uh, that's that's the correct term. And uh, he says, "Oh, you're the machine rider. You're from the Savage Land. So you always know how those conversations are gonna go." And um, he says, "Ayla is stinking up the lodge and pestering her betters." <laughs> you know. Um, and you know, she tells him that he's hardly her better and she's only meeting him to become a member and he's straight up like no savage will ever become a member while he's Sunhawk, I believe he says, or something like that. Something to that effect. Um, and, um, he actually says no savage will rise to the rank ranks of the lodge while I'm, while he, while he is the Sunhawk is essentially what he says. Right. So Aloy presses him. And says if, if, if there are no rules, he doesn't follow them because she knows the rules. She knows that she's supposed to be able to become, you know, come into the, the lodge and become a thrush and become a hawk because, you know, that's what Avad has decreed. And, um, and I think I, 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 there's, so, there's several points in the game that people mention this, that, you know, you, you can be, be a woman or you can be an outlander and go to the lodge now. Yeah, because it wasn't like that before. But once uh, Avad took throne, he said that, you know, anyone yeah. should be able to be a member. Yeah, exactly. I know that the, the, the hunter from, or the, the um, oh man, the keeper from the Nora, from the Nora trials said that he had to dress up like a Karja to get into the lodge. You know, now I'm pretty sure that was before Avad. Oh, that makes sense then. I didn't even think about that because it was so long ago. Yeah, he said he had to, they had to dress up like Karja, you know, to, to, to become members of the Lodge. So, But I don't know if he, I mean, I doubt they became Hawks or Thrushes because he left. Or maybe he, I wonder, like, so uh, yeah, I guess the guys who do the, I wonder, the guys, I wonder if the people who are the Keepers are Hawks. They can't be. They, the keepers can't because they're not hunting anything, right? Right. I feel like, and I could be wrong. I feel like I've read somewhere in the rules that should they have like a whole data point that's just all of the rules of the of the lodge. Um, and I don't think they said that the keepers were hawks. Keepers shall be chosen exclusively by Sunhawk and serve for a term of seven years. Uh, each hunting ground shall test three different skills through three trials crafted by its keeper in consolation with the sun hawk. So, uh, yeah, they don't mention that they're they're hawks at all, because if there's five different hunting grounds, that's five that means- hawks that are taken up by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm so. Saying. so, yeah, they can't be hawks. Actually, well, I don't know. The the the, the keeper in the Norlands almost made it seem like he set up that hunting ground on his own but it's still it is managed by uh, the hunter's lodge meridian because you need those those marks to get the rewards so technically right. speaking it would be considered managed by meridian so i'm um, maybe a little bit of a story loophole because that from what i remember him saying is that you know he loved the hunter's lodge so much that he came back and then set up trials here he could have set them up and then just be like, hey, I did this. And like knowing um, a seed, a cease, sorry. A cease. Yeah, yeah. He probably was like, I don't even want to go there. Whatever you're doing is great. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Probably. That's true. So. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, Aloy, she she says, you know, if the rules don't, you know, if you don't follow the rules, then his position is meaningless, which is true. So uh, Aziz tells her that Talana is free, but the way he talks about Talana, like he clearly does not like her. He says that it'll be trash sponsoring trash. Well, because Talana is a woman, and so he probably also feels like, besides, you know, he also probably feels that because she's a woman, she shouldn't be in the lodge. Mm-hmm. You know, so she he probably hates her a little bit less than he hates you because you need not only are you a woman, you're also a savage. So Love that, it. that's that's what's <laughs> going on. So um, Aloy, she finishes her delightful conversation with Assis and then goes to talk to Talana. You're Talana? Assis said you were a hawk without a fledgling to sponsor. Or are you trying to drive me off, too? It's OK. I've dealt with worse. Mm. I'll bet you have. But you're wrong. It's not okay. Especially not today. What happened today? One of our own just died fighting Red Maw. You'll never face a more dangerous Thunderjaw. Cuts through trees, rocks, people. I'm sorry to hear that. It's part of the hunt. Assis, what's his story? He's the Sunhawk of the Lodge. The highest ranking asshole. <laughs> sorry, member. He's taken down ravagers, stalkers, behemoths. So, I've taken down a lot of machines. As have I. Even brought down two stormbirds. But, he's a hawk who brought in the trophies first. That's how it works. Whichever hawk defeats the greatest machine first, becomes a sun hawk. How does one become a hawk? When a hawk dies, his thrush is promoted in his place. No matter how anyone feels about it. Is there any actual hunting in this lodge? So far, it's been all talk. <laughs> yes, of course. You fight a machine, then bring its trophy to Assis, the Sunhawk, then no one can deny you brought it down. Who is this Legan, the man at the door? Legan? He's a hawk. He had an impressive run in his day, but he doesn't fight anymore. He supports the lodge in other ways. Unlike the other hawks, who hoard all the best kills and drink the bar dry. I'm ready to hunt, so tell me, what do I have to do? You want them to regret looking down on you? Then speak to them in their language. Kill three sawtooths, two ravagers, and a stalker. Deliver their trophies directly to Assis. That should shut them all up. So if I do that, you'll sponsor me? I'll consider it. Just to make Assis boil. And so, you know, Talana tells Aloy that today is not the day for Assis to be driving anybody off because a hawk was just killed by a red maw, which is a particularly dangerous thunderjaw. And uh, Aloy's like, oh, well, you know, my condolences. Sorry to hear. And Talana's like, yeah, that's part of the hunt. You know, that's that's what happens. So um, Talana explains that Assis has taken down a lot of big machines, but because he brought in the trophies first, uh, you know, that's why he became Sunhawk. And the rule is, whichever hawk brings in the trophy of the greatest machine first becomes the sun hawk. Which, they're like in, in another, there's another glyph that talks about, well, because it, it's a history of the, of the, I guess, the sun hawks and what their trophies were. And Assis, turns out, he was the first hunter to take down a Thunderjaw. And he did so by using my strategy of taking the disc launcher out. <laughs> he took the he got the disc launcher and used it against the Thunderjaw. So 
Now, they said he used free frosted at first and did it. I'm like, they're watching me play. <laughs> Clearly. From the future, they're watching me play. But uh, yeah, so he was the first, uh, the first hawk to take down a Thunderjaw and became the Sunhawk. And uh, she explains that a Thresh becomes a hawk whenever their hawk dies. That's, you know, the, that's, that's how Threshes get promoted. So as long as your hawk is alive, you will continue to be a Thresh. And she did explain that Legan is a hawk, but is too old to fight. So now he supports the Lodge in other ways, which I'm assuming, like, you know, checking your marks at the door. So I'm pretty sure he, he is older. So his Thresh is probably just waiting <laughs> to take his turn at this point. And so Talana says she'll consider sponsoring you if you kill three, ta- uh, three Sawtooths, two Ravagers, and a stalker and you go on your way so i mean this is one of those quests that i think you should just get and as you play the game <laughs> you know you can you can go ahead and kill stuff because you're gonna come across especially ravagers in the sundom you're gonna come across ravagers more so than sawtooths like the ravagers i ran into were actually right outside of the dig site where olin was that's the ravagers i ended up killing See, I made the mistake and didn't do that because I wanted to save the Hunter's Lodge for like, I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, I'll just right. burst through all of that. And then I get this and it's it's an errand. So the errands are like, go kill this thing. Right. And I'm like, man, I just killed all of those things like 20 minutes ago. And I'm not going <laughs> anywhere near where a soccer will be. So this is annoying. So I actually had to look for them because I continued other side quests. And I'm like, I need to just kill these things. Right, yeah. Yeah, I actually messed up a bit because I was going to kill the Ravagers, but then I, I ended up pulling everything, which in that area was two Ravagers, three Scrappers, and two Shellwalkers all at the same exact time. So, If only there was yeah, a Stalker there. Yeah, I mean, on, I, it's funny because on on I was very stealth conscious when I played it on PS4. Maybe because dying on PS4 felt like more of a punishment because of the load time. Maybe True. that was why. Uh, but on this one, and it's not like I'm dying here either, but I'm definitely way more accurate. It's easier to fight playing it on PC for sure. Uh, so it just becomes a bit more tense um, as long as you don't get stuck on any geometry or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, the Ravager trophies were easy. The Stalker trophies were easy because, you know, you go down to the jewel and there's Stalkers everywhere. I mean, there's stalkers right out, not right outside Meridian, but like pretty close to Meridian. Pretty close. I went right outside of Meridian. I think I said this before, but I was like low on blaze and there was like a a grazer site or something along the lines of that, like right outside of Meridian. And I go to kill one and it runs away and I walk a little bit and then I'm just getting attacked by stalkers. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) this is not my intention. I think if you crossed any of the bridges. Mm-hmm. from the meridian village you're like in stalker territory when you start seeing those little red things on the ground which at first i thought they were mines but they're just like yeah they're just traps to notify the stalker yeah i thought so too so i was like don't step on it and i could have yeah fun. exactly like <laughs> i think they they look like mines but they're not like if you if you get near it it just flies up and alerts the stalker but it's also a great way to get a stalker where you want because if you hit where with an arrow the stalker will come running so and uh, yeah, then you, when you get the stalker meta down, they're just super easy. Like you just, even if you can't see them, if you know where they generally are, if you have the sling out, you use the electric sling. Mm-hmm. They go down. They, one one 
ammo, one shot, they go down, and then you could just take the stealth thing off and just, you know, wreck them at that point. So, stalkers are easy. The three sawtooths I fought, I had to fight them in the jewel. Because like, once you're in the Sundom, you do not come across sawtooths that much. You actually, you come across ravages way more frequently in this game than sawtooths. And I think it's because sawtooths were supposed to be a big bad machine in the beginning of the game. They didn't want to throw too many at you. And then by the time you get over to the Sundom, now it's Ravagers. It's not Stalkers anymore. And not Stalkers, sorry. It's not Sawtooths anymore. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't like know. Sawtooths. Tutorial, your tutorial uh, big machine. Yeah, exactly. You don't see them too frequently. But there is a Sawtooth site. And I think there are at least two Sawtooth sites in the Jewel. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, uh, or in, in around the Jewel area. And I think, so. and this is what I did, I think that if you're looking for those trophies, um, it'll actually put a marker on their nests or whatever, territories, there we go, on the yeah, map. Yeah, they will. They will. Now, you don't always want to follow those because, like, so, for example, not in this quest. Uh, well, there might have been one in this quest, uh, but definitely there's a, there's a side quest called Bren's House. And you do have to kill a Thunderjaw in that quest. And the Thunder, the, the place they send you to, the, to kill a Thunderjaw is the nearest Thunderjaw site. But there are two Thunderjaws there. And I'm like, I don't feel like dealing with that. So I just went somewhere else. I knew there was only a single Thunderjaw, <laughs> you know. So you don't always want to find uh, do it. But, like, yeah, they, they do usually mark when they want you to go kill machines. So, uh, But, yeah, after collecting the trophies you can take them back to a cease and he's not too happy about it i thought i told you i'm here to present trophies to the sunhawk of the lodge three sawtooths two ravagers and a stalker for good measure i suppose talana helped you with this i brought these down myself will you accept them fine yes i accept them but tell talana she should stop playing with sludge if she wants to get Redmaw. Yeah, so he's like less than thrilled that you brought the trophies back, but he accepts them and he says, Talana should stop playing with sludge. He's talking about you. Like, he's like, stop playing with sludge. Like, these people are so disrespectful, just like right, right, right to your face. So, this is like, this is where, where I kind of wish it was more like Mass Effect, where you can get your Renegade and Paragon options, punch them in the face. Yeah, see I how wish. He takes it. Emily <clears throat> is so respectful for like like sometimes she'll like say things that aren't like in the I guess respectful bubble but like I don't know I feel like if someone was calling me sludge I'd be like back off dude like shut up <laughs> yeah seriously you know so but uh yeah so after that you can go talk to Tolana because that ends that quest the the hunters or those are called the uh, hunting for the lodge so you can go speak to Talana inside the lodge. You know, you tell her what he's told you, and because he, I think he also says that Talana should stop, should spend less time uh, with helpless causes, or mean. Uh, it's like either helpless causes or meaningless uh, gestures or something like that. And uh, you know, you know, spend less time. Oh, you know, you know what he says because I think he says that later. He says that later. Um, Right now, he says he's just spending less time helping Aloy if she wants to find Red Maw. Because he, he knows that she's gunning for being the Sunhawk. 
So, you know, whoever finds Red Maw is going to be the one to become Sunhawk. So, uh, but yeah, she actually agrees with what he says. But she says there's something else more important uh, right now to deal with and tells you to wait out so, to meet her outside. So when you go outside, she meet, uh, introduces you to Ilsadi. I believe her name is pronounced. You want to help? Here's someone who needs it. Go ahead, Ilsadi. I live in Lone Light, northeast of here. I barely escaped because Glinthawks attack anyone who ventures out. We have so few shards. Will you help? We have nowhere else to turn. Sometimes members receive an honorarium for the hunt. Assis should have accepted this one, but he refused. The price was too low. How generous. In the past, I would have gone with Takas to handle this. And what say you and I take it on? I'll meet you at Lone Light. What about Red Maw? Are you in or not? All right. I'll meet you there as soon as I can. So she lives in Lone Light, and when people try to leave her town, they're attacked by Glinthawks. And they have uh, very few shards to pay, but they're asking for help because they, 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 you know, they want somebody from the Hunter's Lodge to come and take care of the Glenhawks. So, uh, Talana's saying that he should have accepted this, but he didn't because there's no real money in it. And I think another, this is also from the bylaws of the, of the, of the lodge. Lodge. Yeah. Assis is supposed to do like charity work almost to a degree. You know, he's like not not him directly, but he like when somebody comes like to to him for something like this, he's supposed to assess it and then send Hawks to go deal with it. It's his job to do this. And then whatever money is made goes to the entire lodge, not just whoever did the cleaning up or did the hunting or something like that. So. You know, but uh, Talana invites Aloy to go with her to Lone Light and, and help her with it. And, you know, she just needs you to, to, to meet her there. Now, Lone Light, if you haven't gone there yet, there is a glyph there that I talked about earlier that is uh, about the different, I'm pretty sure, like beliefs of each tribe. You know, about the Asaram. I think we, we covered it on this show earlier. But if you haven't gotten it yet, now's your chance. Because it's, it should still be there since you haven't gone there yet. But, I think uh, this is the town that had that cor- corrupted zone. That had the long legs and the, um, oh my gosh, tri- Stampeders. Did I get it right? Is it Tramplers? Tramplers. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's just stuck in your head now. That's, yeah, that's what they are to Christina. They're Stampeders, not Tramplers. Stampeders. So, uh, but when you arrive at Lone, uh, at Lone Light, it's already being attacked by Glenhawk. So, you know, Aloy and Talana deal with them. It's not that difficult. But it's just anytime you fight Glenhawks in a tight space, it's annoying. And that's what's uh, the, the, the annoying part about this, <laughs> you know, about this fight is that it's just in a tight space. So, because if you actually get a Glenhawk to fall and land, you realize how, how big they are compared to the area. You know, yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. So well, I won't say it's frustrating, but it's just a little annoying. After the fight, Aloy and Talana talked to El Sadi, and Talana's like, "Oh yeah, we took care of them." And El Sadi's like, "There's always more. More are gonna come." And Aloy says they're coming from upriver, and she'll track them back to the source. So Talana says she'll stay behind in case more come. And Aloy, she uses the focus and follows upriver and finds more Glen Hawk. Should kill them. Then you find this path that leads up a hill, and it's like littered. With sawtooth, oh sorry, not sawtooth, um, snap maw carcasses. 
And they always like, well, this is what's attracting the Glint Hawks because this is what they do. They, they're like scrappers that fly, essentially. You know, so uh, Aloy, she climbs up the rocks because you're kind of going into a mesa. And so she climbs up the rocks and finds that it was set up. Like, Somebody is clearly farming snap moths. And when I say farming, I don't mean like actual farming. I mean like video game farming. Like, you know, you're just killing something over and over again to get the <laughs> materials. So I guess technically speaking, that's hunting, right? Because they have like these blinds set up so that they can shoot down at the snap moths, but the snap moths can't shoot back. So, uh, you know, they're trying to like just get parts for snap moths. And when you make it up further up the mesa, you run into two hunters and one is named Vashad. I'm here on behalf of the nearby village. Seems your kill zone is creating a Glintock problem for them. Yeah, well, they're not the only people with problems. If we don't get enough snap maw hearts to pay off a loan, we lose everything. I don't follow. I borrowed shards to buy seeds. The harvest went bust, and now they're coming for the debt. We could lose the farm, our home. I'm sorry about that, but Glinthawks are attacking people because of what you're doing here. Not my problem. None of us are leaving until I get what I came for. None of us? You didn't think it was just us two, did you? You already have one? Now that's impressive. All right, then. There. The heart you need. Now what about your promise? A deal's a deal. And now I can pay off my debt. We won't be back. Good. Keep it that way. And so it's clear Vashad does not care much about what he's doing. That is, that, well, I shouldn't say he doesn't care about what he's doing, but he doesn't care that what he is doing is hurting the village. He says he needs the snap maw hearts to pay off debt, or he's going to lose his farm. Uh, if you give him a snap maw heart, he'll leave. And I already had one on me, so I just gave it to him. So the thing about that, too, is when you're going up and there's a bunch of snap malls on the ground, some of them still have loot. I'm pretty sure I grabbed a heart from one really? of those snap malls. Yeah. So they were there making that mess and didn't even take the parts they needed. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I didn't have. Yeah, I already had a heart on me, so I just gave it to him. I could actually had one on me but i'm pretty sure that there i got rare loot from them too so i right. i think i might have gotten one from it maybe i got lucky yeah so i actually did not like the way this ended i i wanted this to be one of those where you get an option on how it ends because he didn't care that people were getting hurt he also tried to intimidate aloy when he had the other hunters come out and start the fight and I really just wish I had an option to fight because he's like, oh, yeah, they're getting hurt down river. Who, I, I don't care. I have to get these hearts. You know what I'm saying? When everybody came out, I was like, oh, OK, it's going to be a fight. I can totally take them. I think I put traps down because I was like, oh, this is clearly going to be like a, a, a setup. But no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I could totally take them. I fought like 10 humans like as they gang up on me in the middle of nowhere before. I can totally do this. Right. Yeah. Like, this is what I thought. And. No, like I just gave him the heart and he left. I'm like, no, like I had the heart, but I want the option to tell him no. Right. Just, just get out of here, beat it. And then they're going to say no. And then we're going to fight, you know, like that's how it's going to be because he didn't deserve it. Like, I mean, I can see like, you, I mean, okay, fine. He's well, you know, he's going to lose his farm, but he's losing his farm because he something like, uh, I think he bought seeds and yeah. uh, it, like, I guess the, the, it didn't work out that season. Yeah, you know? the harvest and was so, a bust, he said. 
Yeah, and that could have been his fault. He could be a, uh, he could be bad at farming for all I know. He could have bought bad seeds. Like he fell into <laughs> like some kind of pyramid scheme or whatever, where it's like, oh, these are these <laughs> magic seeds, and they'll make you millions of shards. And yeah. they're just like, I don't know, pieces of turd or something that he just buried and didn't grow. <laughs> yeah, these these seeds grow metal flowers. Like, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. And it's just like she gives him the hawk, the heart and he goes away. I'm like, no, I want to fight this guy because he's clearly like, you know, he's a jerk. He, he does not care what is happening downriver. So, yeah. Uh, but either way, he leaves. And after you, you finish up with that conversation. Uh, you see that Talana actually followed you and you talked to her. Congratulations are in order. I wanted to make sure you could handle yourself. You were watching the whole time? Of course. Tarkas, may the sunlight is passing, taught me many things. First of which was, a hawk never abandons their thrush. Wait, are you saying... I'd like to sponsor you for membership. What do you say to hunting machines, winning trophies, and unseating a cease? <sighs> I'm in. I'll meet you back at the lodge as soon as I'm able. So she lets you go on your own just to see if you can handle yourself. And after that, she does officially sponsor, uh, offer you a sponsorship to the Hunter's Lodge. And uh, when you meet back at the lodge, she officially sponsors you in front of Assis. Talana, always a pleasure. I see you've brought your pet. Greetings, Sunhawk. I hereby sponsor Aloy of Venora for membership in the Hunter's Lodge. No. Look at her. She's lowborn, a savage. This is beneath even you, Talana. She has fulfilled the requirements, and Sun King Avad decreed the lodge should be open to all. Would you like to take it up with him? The word of the Sun King is indeed law. Even though it would bring ruin to the lodge, so be it. Do you, Aloy of Venora? Pledge to act rightly and nobly when in service to the Lodge all the days to follow. I do. Members of the Lodge, even though Tarkas is barely cold, I present to you Aloy of the Nora. Member and Thrush, what say you all? To the hunt! Sponsoring an outlander. <laughs> While you make meaningless gestures, I'll be finding Red Maw. So Asis is not happy about this, clearly. He calls Aloy a lowborn savage, and then, you know, Talana, just like Aloy did, reminds him that the Sun King decree that the Lodge can be open to all. He officially makes her a thrush. And, yeah, on his way out, he tells Talana that while she's making meaningless gestures, he'll be finding Red Maw, is what he tells her. So that's what I was thinking about earlier. It all blends together at some point, folks. <laughs> his character is very, um, what's the term, two-dimensional? One-dimensional? One-dimensional. Yeah, there like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just one-dimensional. Two-dimensional is if he changed. Yeah, sorry, no, point. just one-dimensional. Sorry, I don't know how numbers yeah. work. Or you find out that his family was, like, slaughtered by Nora or something like right. that, you know. I was <laughs> really no. hoping at this point, I'm like, there's got to be some kind of character arc here. No, it's just, <laughs> this is just the way he is. But that ends that quest, uh, Hunter's Blind, and we move on to Deadliest Game, which is also an errand. And so after Aloy is officially made a thrush, you can speak to Talana. This, this is a good day. What's Redmaw? Few have seen it. A thunderjaw marked by years of battle. Some say it still bears the marks of over a dozen hunters on its flank. How many it has trampled along the way, we may never know. 
When members go hunting and never return, we often blame Redmaw. But to me, it's more than legend. It's the only machine that will unseat Assis. My sponsor nearly had it, but... He didn't make it. I'm sorry. Tarkas sponsored me out of loyalty to my family. He was my last link to them, besides the Lodge itself. I have to unseat Assis. I know why I hate Assis. Why do you? My family has always boasted members in the Lodge. My father and brother were both Hawks. Assis let their sacrifice be forgotten. Um... What sacrifice? They died in the massacre. They should be honored as Hawks. Instead, Assis will not let anyone mention it. How did your family come to be members of the Lodge? Karja noble houses have sent sons to the Lodge for generations. Because they needed another place to lord over the commoners. I want to change that. The idea that someone is worthy or not by virtue of birth alone. Everyone thinks they have me pegged as soon as they hear Talana Khan Padish. I hate that. I understand. My whole life I lived as an outcast from the Nora. They would have been the first to say I wasn't one of them. Yet as soon as I leave the sacred lands, everyone calls me Aloy of the Nora. It should be Aloy despite the Nora. I didn't know. I'll remember that. What happened? In the massacre. King Jaron's paranoia knew no bounds. He sent thousands of innocents to die in the Sunring. When the Hawks of the Lodge called for him to stop the slaughter, he threw them in the ring too. Yet when the machines attacked the condemned, more Hawks leapt into the ring to defend them. And my father and brother were among them. I'm... I'm so sorry. What happened to the men in the Sunring? They died fighting. If you wish to hear the story, Legan can tell it better. He saw it with his own eyes. I did not. The morning of the massacre, my father told me to meet him outside the city. He told me they were planning an escape. I waited for hours until a message came from my father. I had to leave the city. So I fled when I should have fought by his side. He didn't want you to die with them. Nor would he want their names forgotten. Especially by the man who benefited most from their deaths, Assis. Now that you're a thrush, you should improve your reputation. Why do you hunt down a Thunderjaw and a Stormbird? You want me to go trophy hunting? You're not just any thrush. You're mine. And you better make me look good. But what about Redmaw? I will find him. And when I do, I expect you to be there. Yeah, and so... This one, you definitely, it just, it's, it's a more of an informational conversation. You get a bit more info on Red Maul. He's, you know, we already knew he was a big bad machine. And this is the machine that every, like, if you kill Red Maul, you'll become Sunhawk. You know, that's why, well, Assis is going after it to remain Sunhawk. And other Hawks are going after it to become Sunhawk. And Talana's sponsor was actually killed fighting uh, Red Maul. His name was Tarkus, and he sponsored Talana, I'm assuming after Avad became Sun King, because you know, that's the only time he could, out of uh, loyalty to her family. So she feels like she owes it to him to uh, unseat Assis. And uh, yeah, so you also find out why Talana hates Assis, and it's not just because of his attitude, you know, cause not just because he's a jerk. But her main beef with Assis is that he let her father and brother's sacrifice be forgotten. Uh, they were a part of a group that tried to rescue hawks that were thrown into the sun ring for disapproving of what Jaron was doing. 
and a cease won't let anybody talk about it, even though Jerron is gone. You know, like uh, even that, uh, since uh, Vods can't still want anybody to talk about what happened in the Sunring. And uh, actually, the night before uh, that happened, her father told her that they were going to escape the city. But then her father went on to fight in the Sunring or go to go to help the Hawks. And he, he basically sent her to another location so she wouldn't be a part of that. And essentially, she was just trying. It's a father trying to protect his daughter, right? That's what he was trying to do. And she does. If you want more information on that, uh, you can actually go talk to Legan. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm getting ready to play the clip anyway. Can you tell me what happened during the massacre? A terrible time. King Jaran purged loyal subjects and traitors alike throughout the Sundan. Even called out members of our lodge. Why? Some spoke out against the killing. And when the soldiers came for them, we all objected. And for that crime, those who were not arrested were forced to watch our comrades murdered in the sunray. I shouldn't say more. Please, tell me what happened that day in the sunring. Normally, victims of the sunring fell within minutes as the crowd cheered, cheered their deaths. But not with our hawks. They stood alone against wave after wave of machines. Hours passed, the men taking turns fighting as the others rested. The crowd's mood turned, rallying around our men. Some of them left, their blood lost unsated. We members stayed and watched till nightfall. The sun had set, and only firelight and the glow from the machines lit the ring. It was then the court released a behemoth. Several hawks at once jumped into the ring to fight alongside the condemned. They had snuck in their weapons. I wish I had as well. The machine didn't discriminate. It crashed into the stand, devastating spectator and fighter alike. It was a slaughter. Talana's father climbed atop a behemoth and with one well-placed spear destroyed it, just as a second knocked him to his death. Her brother and the others fought this second behemoth, falling one by one as they put themselves between the beast and the stands. And so we and the spectators were saved. Those who had once cheered for their deaths thanked the dying men for their very lives. What a brave end. And how terrible that no one speaks of it. And so, like, Legan, he actually gives a detailed account of what happens. And, you know, the they put the hawks in the ring. And while the hawks were fighting in the ring, the other hawks jumped in. They smuggled their weapons into the sun ring. The second, the other sun ring, as we discovered last episode, since there's two, uh, this had to happen. This couldn't have happened at the sun ring in Meridian. It's just too small. Um, but the, the sun ring in, uh, in Sunfall, uh, they smuggled their weapons in and jumped in to help the hawks. And the fighting lasted for a long time until nightfall and it ended after Talana's father successfully killed one behemoth and then was almost immediately killed by another one. So they were fighting multiple behemoths at a time. And I mean, at this point in the game, I don't know. It depends on how far you've played, but you may not have fought a behemoth yet. Uh, yeah. Have you still not fought a behemoth? I, I have since then, but at that point, um, I think I saw one running to, um, Maker's End or something like that, and I was like, nope, not touching that. But I have fought one. Behemoths at this point, yeah, yeah, at this point. 
Yeah, they're definitely one of the larger machines. Uh, they use like they can, they have like a gravity attack. Like they, they, they're like Pokemon. Like you know the other machines, like they seem more conventional, but these are like Pokemon. Them and Tramplers. <laughs> I mean Pokemon. I don't know when I when I think of gravity, I always think of like Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy or something. That's true. I'm just some. They look like an animal <laughs> with powers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, but they like actually, at some point the. You know, the the crowd was actually on their side and the Sun King was just so focused on getting them on, on killing them that, you know, the, I think they said the behemoths like broke some of the structures and some of the audience was actually in danger, you know, so that like, it was a it was an interesting account. But, you know, it ended with the Hawks, or at least those Hawks dying, you know, so they probably had to. Well, they definitely had to, you know, refill the ranks of the. Of the of the lodge, it's probably how Talana became a. a oh, actually no, because she was already a thrush. So she she was already a thrush under Tarkus. So when he when when he died fighting Remo, that's how she became a hawk. So I, I was gonna say maybe that's how she became a hawk when they needed to fill the members. And Navad is like, yeah, you gotta let everybody in. But this actually happened way before Navad. So well, the thing about that is all of those hawks had fledgings, right? So they all thrushes. True, they're thrushes. Yeah. Sorry, so they died. So all the thrushes took their spot. So I'm wondering if um, one of her family's thrushes is the is what's his name um, that sponsored her? Targus. Yeah, there we go. Possibly. Because then you have well, all of these sponsor availability spots just open up. <laughs> well, I would say because, you know, well, I think her, her father was Sunhawk at the time. And I would imagine his thrush would have been his son. So her brother, you know. So. Maybe. Or know. I feel like he was his own hawk. I feel like he was an actual hawk. So I think someone else might have sponsored him. So. Oh, her brother was a hawk? I'm not sure. I yeah, I would so. have to. Maybe. Depends what, like, if he died before or after, is dead. <laughs> True. Yeah, so. But, yeah, you, you, you also, you know, you get more info on Talon. I mean, at this point, you kind of gathered some of this information, but her family has a fit history of Lodge members, you know. And she says that the Lodge was a place where nobles lorded over commoners. And even in the bylaws, it says that only, like, noble blood can, you know, should you know, being a part of the lodge and stuff like that. And uh, she actually wants to change that, you know, but people judged her based on her noble heritage, you know? So I guess that, you know, they hear her last name and they're like, Oh, you're a noble. You don't know what it's like to be a commoner. And, uh, Aloy, she says she actually knows how that feels because, you know, everybody calls her Aloy of the Nora, even though the Nora didn't want her, you know, she says they should call her Aloy despite the Nora, which is true. You know, because she was born an outcast. So, uh, but now, now you get to the meat of the actual errand. Talana, she wants you to go trophy hunting and make her look good. So she wants you to take her down to Thunderjaw and a Stormbird, and Aloy goes on her way. And the the marked the the marked Thunderjaw is actually pretty close to one of the bandit camps. Uh, the 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 it's it's actually might be the first Thunderjaw you see in the game, depending on how you go through the area, but it's the one that's close to like the, the first bandit camp when you're coming through the Gatelands. That's the one I always pick when I need to fight a Thunderjaw. That's the one I always go to because the area is super open. There's like some chargers or something like that nearby. Broadheads, I think. And yeah, you just fight the Thunderjaw and that's it. 
Yeah, this was the first one. I think this was the first one that I fought because there were, as I was walking by, there were guards fighting it, like the first time I walked by. So I was like, uh, duh, yeah, I'm going to fight this one because there's guards, you know, fighting it. And then this time I went there and I was like, oh, let me get this campfire because I haven't been here yet. So I'll go to the campfire. I'll override some machines to help me out and then we'll ride. Did did not work that well. Uh, well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I overrode one and it wasn't moving. And like another one came up and saw that it was overridden and started attacking each other. And then I had to get out of my hiding spot because I was there. And then there were glint hawks that were there that heard the ruckus. So then they come over and then the thunderjaw came over and I died. It, it was really, it was really bad. Um, but when I respawned, there were guards fighting the Thunderjaw again. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna fight it with them and leave these other machines out of it. Yeah, getting the guards to fight that Thunderjaw is really a timing thing. It really is because if you if you're a little bit too slow, they've already walked past the area. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, and if you're if you're fast enough, you can you can aggro the Thunderjaw while they're there, and they'll fight it. Or in your case, you spawned and they were already fighting it. So yeah, yeah rest in peace, those guards. None of them survived. <laughs> oh, they never do. They never do. <laughs> so the uh, the Mark Stormbird is down in the jewel, and I actually avoided fighting this one the first time. Especially after I found out they respawned. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll just come back again uh, some other time. This area is not small, but it does like have a body of water nearby. And you can really like, you know, like uh, hurt yourself if you get in that body of water and you're not fast enough. Because when the thun- when the uh, stormbirds start shooting those electric balls down and you're kind of slow in the water, that's not helpful. But the area is not small. You can stay on land. Just got to pay attention a bit more. I also made a mistake with this one. Because Uh I went around the one side for it. Like, it's, like, more up on a cliff. And there's, like, stalker territory. Which, like, at this point, I don't care. Like, I'll deal with them. I know how to deal with them. So I put, like, all of these electric traps up. So if they do run over, they're just going to get stunned. Um... And I'm trying to fight this bird and it's just not dropping. And instead, I'm just aggroing stalkers. So I keep killing them. And I realize I'm like right outside the aggro area. But because there's that body of water, I have to then either swim through it, which absolutely I'm not doing in this situation, or like teleport and like walk all the way around, which I had to do. Ah, right. Yeah, I managed to come in on the the correct side of it, so... Yeah, and this fight was definitely, well, actually both fights were easier for me now because, you know, throughout my entire first playthrough and through a a good chunk of this playthrough, I never really used the rope caster. But on every large machine, I use the rope caster now. And and so I would just rope cast it. Well, actually, I'll get it. It has to drop down the first time because while it's fighting you in the air, it's a little too high for the rope caster. So it drops down the first time you rope cast it. You, I, I would frost it and then shoot the stuff off of it. But it will get back in the air. And as long as you don't let it go too because it, it'll fly in the air. But the longer you let it fly, the higher it seems to go up. And as long as you don't let it go too high, even while it's in the air pretty high up, you can still rope cast it and bring it back down. And then you just do the same thing like over and over. The most dangerous part of the fight is the very beginning before it drops down the very first time. So, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's pretty much it. Like, you know, once I did that, take the trophies back and, uh, 
you're greeted by Legan. Well, you can always be greeted by Legan. He's right at the front door, right? So, um, you know, he says he can hold on to your trophies until the Sunhawk returns. And you're like, well, where's Aziz? Where's Talana? And they're both gone. Aziz got a lead on Red Maw, and Talana followed shortly after. But when Talana left, Legan says he found, she, well, he saw that she was followed by Outlanders. And Aloy believes they were hired by Aziz. You know, 100, spoiler alert, she's right. Um, and Legan tells you they went down to the spear shafts. So, actually, they went, they were right near where you just were, to be perfectly honest with you. So, that's a bit frustrating. Like, if you're not fast traveling, like, let's say you rode, you would have to ride all the way back. You know, depending on, yeah, the load times were not fast when this game first came out. So, uh, yeah, it's either a lot of waiting or a lot of riding. Uh, but, yeah, so... That ends that quest, uh, Deadliest Game, and then now it opens up a new side quest, Red Maw, so you can imagine how this one's going to end. But uh, Aloy does ca- uh, catch up with Talana near the spear shafts, and she is indeed being attacked by mercenaries. I kind of like eight of them, but they're humans, so it's fire. Like, you know, I just, the ones that are grouped together, slaying the other, the other ones, just fire arrows. <laughs> uh, and you know, especially because you're behind them when they when when you come up there. So, and uh, once the mercenaries are dead, you can talk to Talana. She's like, "Oh, I should have saw this coming." And then she starts running in the direction where Cease is fighting Red Maw, always where she thinks it is. And she says, "Cease is fighting Red Maw alone because he doesn't want to share the credit with his thrush." And her sponsor did the same thing, which I don't know if it's like that he didn't want to share credit or if he wanted to protect her. Uh, but either way, he fought her alone, and he ended up dying. So Talana loses the trail, but Aloy is able to f- use the focus to find Red Maw tracks. But my thing is, like, why don't you just follow the trail of broken trees? Right. She's like, oh, look. <laughs> she uses the focus, and she's like, oh, look, there's broken trees here. This must be, like, <laughs> duh. You can't. I, Red Maw's so large, and he has a, a cannon. that he, You you can't yeah. hear it? You can't hear him right, walking? Yeah. I feel like that would cause vibrations in the ground every time he takes a step. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since the seas is tracking it and actively fighting it. So, yeah. But like, you can't, like, I was just like, I didn't even have to, like, if the game didn't require it, I wouldn't even have to put the focus on. Right. <laughs> you know, because all the trees are broken. Uh, so they do track down Red Maw. Cease is fighting it. And this cutscene is funny because, like, she's like, oh, Cease is fighting it. He's holding his own. And then, like, two seconds after that, he gets, like, whacked by the <laughs> tail into some rocks. I can't remember if there's, like, a little scream or not, too. But he definitely gets whacked into some rocks. And she's like, he was holding his own. And then that's when the, the Red Maw fight starts. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think this fight is any more difficult than any other... Thunderjaw fight. I had a lot of issues with it, but I think he's more aggressive, and that was the issue that I had. Um, so I was trying to pin him down and freeze him, and it was not going well because he would just like rip that up right away. And really? he only had one cannon. He only had one cannon. Yeah, I thought he had two, but okay, I definitely hit him with 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 one volley. I have to go back and watch the video. I thought yeah. he had two, but okay. I made a mistake and I missed like two shots. Oh, uh, yeah. So it took forever. I used like all of my healing resources for it. This one was really difficult because he never paid attention to Talana. And at least when I was fighting with the guards, like his attention would be like all over the place. But she kept going down. So he kept focusing on me. And I was like, oh, man, I am not. It didn't well, bring enough did- stuff. 
did you shoot off all the weapons on him? Like all like everything except maybe the laser mouth thing. Yes. Because what usually happens to me is once you get all the weapons off of them, they do like their charge attack, their tail whip, you know, attack and the laser thing. But each of those actually has a cooldown. So especially if they do the charge attack, you can just dodge it and like they spend a couple seconds where they're looking in the in the wrong direction and they turn around and they get ready for their next attack and stuff like that. I didn't really have a problem with it. I was able to tie him down long enough to get him frozen, but also my rope caster, I put uh, a tear modification on it. Mm-hmm. So whenever I would put you I would rope cast an enemy, especially like, you know, these bigger ones, it would t- as their uh tied down and moving around it would tear pieces off of them and make it easier for me to kill them you know it'd be easier for me to do damage and you know stuff like that yeah i did that as well um i think in my situation it might be a little harder because even though i've been playing the game and i'm pretty used to my tools i'm still like learning some of the tools and this is like the third thunder jaw i fought right so right i'm still learning like the movements and the cooldowns and stuff right yeah and i i gotcha yeah, so after you defeat Redmo, I thought he'd have like some type of like special ability because even one, I think it was Legan who says, yeah, he can kick up boulders and stuff like that. So I, was, I thought maybe he'd kick like really large rocks at me, but he did not. I thought he so was going to least... be red. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I mean, he does look a little different. He has like arrows and stuff like that on him. So he, you could tell he's like battle worn. Like he, he's been hunted and, and stuff a lot. He doesn't look pristine like. The other, <laughs> the other Thunder Jaws and machines that you really fight. So, um, actually, that'd be interesting if they did that in Forbidden West. That some machines have like extra experience. You know, like every time a machine fights, they gain like they they kind of learn from that experience, and maybe they're a little harder when you go to fight them. So that'd be interesting. But you know, you you defeat Red Maw. And Talana takes her trophy and, you know, Elo kind of celebrates her becoming the Sunhawk. And then she's like, oh, about that. And then they go to check on Assis. And, uh, yeah, this is <laughs> his final words. Talana, he's still alive. Out of the way, Nora Filth. You're done. The Lodge is finally free of your influence. I kept it alive in dark times. No. You buried it, along with my father's memory. I should have... I should have... I should have let you fight Redmore first. To soften him up. Damn. Here lies the Sunhawk of the Hunter's Lodge. It's almost a shame. After all that, you're gonna weep for him. Oh, no. I just wish I could have seen his face when I succeeded him. Okay, then. Meet me back at the Hunter's Lodge, if you have the time. I have a feeling the new Sunhawk wants to welcome you. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing about Assis, he is consistent. He is consistent because even when you go to help him up, he's like, get away from me, Nora Filth. (laughs) I know that he's dying, but, like, I really wanted to just kick him. Just kick him. Oh, man. It's like this interaction was funny. Like his dying words were, "I should have let you soften him up for me," and then he just like dies. Like you know, so uh, I wish he softened him up for me because he didn't do anything apparently. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was yeah. That was 
I think that was the perfect ending. If there was more of a perfect ending for any character in this game, it was a perfect ending for him. So, yeah, after that, Talana, she wants you to meet her back at the lodge. And when you make it back to the lodge, she's reading off names of hawks, of fallen hawks, like the ones that Cease wouldn't talk about. And then you can go upstairs and you can talk to her there as well. Look, a memorial to my father and brother and all the men who died in the Sunring. You made this possible, Aloy. Thank you. So, what's it like to be Sunhawk? It feels like sunrise after a long night. <laughs> I'm in your debt. You'll always have a special home here. If you want it. What happens now, in the Lodge? As Sunhawk, I've made sure we invite prospective members based on ability and drive, regardless of Karja blood. This Lodge will be a stale bastion of the old regime no longer. Well, congratulations, Talana. I should get going. Thank you, Aloy. Despite the Nora. <laughs> May you always take your prey. Yeah, so obviously Talana is Sunhawk now. She it looks sounds like she's really focusing on diversifying the lodge and making sure that an outlander won't be kept uh kept out. And uh, if you want, you can actually have her recite that entire prayer for you that she said where she's saying the names. And uh, you know, that's that uh, kind of ends that conversation when you're ending the conversation with Aloy says she's ready to go, and she says, Thank you, Aloy, despite the Nora, you know. So it's a nice little ending to that. Yeah, that was really sweet. I like that that final like that because i forgot she said that because like it was a really long portion of quest yeah. especially if you're trying to not rush to the to the errands right away if you're just trying to you know get them as you go um so i thought that that was a really sweet wrap up um but it's really cool too because if you when you go upstairs because i thought i got all the data logs and then i went upstairs so i was like oh there's another one which is like red mall too and you pick that up and it actually tells the ending chapter of Red Mall saying like you and Talana go and kill Red Mall. And it actually changes how many people you kill depending on how many humans you actually killed in that point saving Talana. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, Red Mall is the big bad, but honestly, like, has nobody seen a rock breaker? <laughs> you know? Because those are worse not. to me. Yeah, those are worse to me to me than uh, than the Thunderjaws. But then again, like when we did the quest at the quarry, they were surprised. He's kind of like, I've never seen that before. Like, they had no idea what a rockbreaker was, which kind of would make sense since most of the time they're underground. We've only fought three. I've only fought three so far. There is a fourth one that I know comes up in a side quest, but. Yeah, I, I guess maybe they're just so few and far between. But I, I know from probably from a game perspective, you can't just have them all over the place. Right. <laughs> they're, they're so big. So, but yeah, that actually ends the, the Hunter's Lodge, you know, side quest arc, you know, story arc. And Talana is now, uh, I was going to call her Sun Queen. <laughs> She's <laughs> the, the, the Sun Hawk uh, now. And, um, you might see, I think you know, if you finish this, you'll see her a little bit later, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I wonder, like, in, in, in Forbidden West, how they're going to uh, get, like, some of these, like, Karjan people over to the other side. I know they're, they're going to want you, they're going to want some old characters to come back. 
but it's called the Forbidden West for a reason. Right. You know, it's called the Forbidden West for a reason. They, uh, you know, they, 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 they're not supposed to go over there. So, but that would make sense from the hunting lodge perspective, because now that the world's kind of like opening up and everything and Red Mall's dead, you know, what's the biggest, baddest next threat? Like, they're maybe they maybe they want to explore and find new machines. They're getting hungry. They want to fight bigger and better things. And who better to go out than the Sunhawk themselves? That is true. That is true. So now there's also a side quest in the the lodge. Well, there's multiple side all of its side quests, right? But there's one called Weapons of the Lodge, and this has to do specifically with the uh, the hunting grounds, right? So there's a woman named. Idaba, Idaba, <laughs> I, I I have no idea how to pronounce her name. Like, they, I don't think anybody says her name. I think no, somebody does say her name, but I can't pronounce her name uh, right now. <laughs> I think it's Idaba. We're gonna go with Idaba. But she uh, runs the shop that's in the lodge. By the sun, King of Odd's edict really is taking effect. Never thought I'd see a Nora here and a woman at that. So, you have marks for me? What do you mean? From the hunting grounds. Oh, right. You're new here. What edict? King Avad insisted that the Hunter's Lodge had to welcome everyone. Man, woman, outlander, regardless of tribe. Ursa, captain of the Vanguard, came in and delivered that news personally. You should have been there. It was glorious. But I figured they would sweep it under the rug and say no woman or outlander qualified. Yet here you are. Are you a member? Me? No. Karja don't exactly encourage their daughters to run around hunting machines. But all the changes in Meridian have been good to me. I don't think the Asaram know how to sell to us Karja. The trader I worked for last couldn't sell flowers to a bee. He was too plain-hammered, as they like to say. This is a much better job. I figure I'll be able to open my own shop soon enough. What do you want with my marks? You hunters and your badges. I'm not going to take them. I'm going to give you a weapon that sets you apart. Yeah, I thought that'd get your attention. If you earn marks in all three trials at each of the five hunting grounds, come to me. I can give you up to three weapons. One for 15 half-suns, one for 15 full-suns, and one you'll love for all blazing suns. I'm a little short on marks. No problem. Once you have marks from all 15 trials, you'll be able to get the next Hunter's Lodge weapon from me. So she's surprised to see you, but happy to see you. One, you're a woman. Two, you're a Nora. Uh, but she says the Sun King's Avad's uh, edict that the lodge be open to everyone has really taken effect. And she really thought it was just going to be, you know, passed it aside. So uh, she explains to Aloy that, uh, you know, she takes the marks that you earn from hunting grounds. And if you have enough, she'll make a weapon for you. So you get a weapon for getting 15 marks at each trial uh, and uh, at, for each trial at each hunting ground. So uh, 15 half suns, 15 blazing suns, 15 full suns for each like type of like sun you have. If you have all the marks, she'll give you a weapon. Uh, so she is actually not a member of the lodge. Um, she says Karja usually don't let their daughters hunt machines. And other than that, she really likes the changes uh, that have been happening in Meridian. They've been good for her. She's, you know, Avad's more liberal. Uh, she was able to leave her old job working for an Asaram merchant for this one, which is a better deal for her. There's actually 
Somebody else mentions her, but not by name, later in the game. Like they mention a, a, um, a Karja girl who left an Asaram merchant. And it was weird because it was just kind of like it had nothing to do with anything. You know, like there's, there's no real link there, but somebody does kind of mention her. So I wonder if there was a, a, a larger quest there at some point. But, you know, so we've already talked about the Sacred Land uh, hunting ground and the Valley Meat hunting ground. We've already talked about that. The ones we didn't talk about were Great Run, Spur Flints, and Sun Furrows. So I'm going to start with the Spur Flints. Uh, sorry, no, I'm going to start with Great Run because that one is the one that you get. Well, it's right, it's right outside Day Tower almost. You know, so it's one of the first ones you should probably hit when you come into the 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 uh, Sundom, I should say, or into the uh, the Gatelands. And uh, this is the Stamina Trials, and I don't necessarily know why it's called the Stamina Trials. To be honest with you, like because uh, you know none of these trials are long, really. They're just not long. Except that's what I would imagine. Like you'd have to do something for uh, a a longer time to get it in and, and make sure you keep up your stamina. But like the first trial is parts wrangling and you just, you, well, you don't actually, I shouldn't say you just tie down tramplers and destroy their processors while pinned. Like, because it's harder than it sounds mainly because the area is large, but not that large that like when you tie one trampler down, you're going to attract the attention of the other tramplers. So I actually didn't, like I said before, I, I was determined to not do these because I did the first one. I was like, this takes so much time and I'm not going to get anything besides half sun. So whatever. Uh, but I decided to do the other two, like the Valley Meet and, and Great Run real quick. I probably won't do the other one. So that's going to be all <laughs> him talking about it. Um, but yeah, I did the Great Run one. And that's actually the one, the first one I got a blazing sun on. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. which trial? That one. The tying the tramplers down. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it's it's not difficult to get the trampler down and then to, you know, hit the um, the processing unit. I, I would say the issue that you would run into is the fact that the other tramplers are going to be charging at you and coming after you and, you know, stuff like that. If you have a decent rope caster, mm -hmm. then it's it's definitely easier to do. Because it only takes like a couple, like I, don't, I think at the time I only had dual arrows, so, or, you know, the double arrow. So like four arrows, like four of the hard point arrows to the processing unit will blow it up. And I oh, think I just used the, the tear blaster gun. Oof. Oh, really? Does it blow up when you tear, bla when you, okay, I didn't realize that you could tear blast it off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I would destroy it. It would cause a huge explosion. No, I uh, used the tear blaster. Yeah, like it was like it would blow up the processing unit and I wouldn't have to worry about that trampler anymore because it would be limping and going in the opposite direction. So, oh, yeah, I cheated yeah. anytime I finished it because I aggroed everything in the area. I would just quick teleport back to the really camp. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, so that was the first of the parts wrangling. Uh, the pace trial, you have to loot three watcher parts from three watchers across three points in the arena. And you have to race glint hawks to them. You basically have to loot the watchers before the glint hawks get to them. 
and uh, well, not just get to them, but I guess finish like tearing them apart. And that one was just more annoying because they're they're not on the ground. You have to climb up to get to them, and then the Glint Hawks will come and try to knock you off. So you kind of have to do something to distract the Glint Hawks to a degree. Like I don't know. I just well, I would get up there and I would hit like one with a Terror Blaster. And as the Terror Blaster is blowing up, it would give me just enough time to because it kind of resets them, right? Whatever they were going to do for attack, it would give me enough time to loot the corpse or loot the other thing so that would have been the smart thing i just ran oh yeah (laughs) i totally got knocked off the the um a couple of the towers but yeah i just ran yeah i could see the fact that they were just kind of hovering there like just almost waiting for you because like if you the thing is like to get a blazing sun here like you really don't have time to sit and fight them like you just don't Mm -hmm. Uh, so you do, you just got to get to it. You got to hop in there. You got to distract them and you got to get the thing done. You know, I actually died the first time because I think there's four of them. There's one in the very center and then there's three along the towers. And I saw, I had no idea where they were. So I ran for the one in the center. That's a mistake. Don't do that. Um, cause there's a glint hawk that's already at that one. I could have silent striked it. I could have killed it. So maybe you should, but, um, yeah, I went for that one, and then I went for the one on the towers, and the second one that I went for, or the third one or whatever, was gone, because they just pick them up, I guess. Uh, and I was like, how do I finish this? And then I died. So. Yeah, like, once I don't think it cancels if you can't finish it. I think you just have to go back and restart the trial. Yeah. So that's why. But um, the last one is the tie-down trial, where you have to tie down three different Glint Hawks and Critical Strike them, which... You actually don't have to tie down three different ones. Oh, you don't? <laughs> you just have to critical hit them. So that's what I thought, too. And I was using the Terror Blaster to bring them down. Or not the Terror Blaster. Rope Caster? Rope Caster to pull them down. And I crit hit it. It didn't kill it. So I'm like slashing it. And I did a second crit hit. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I ran to the second one, pulled it down, did a crit hit. And it was like, oh, you finished. And I was like, oh. Nice. Okay. I wish I would have known that because I definitely like tied down like three different ones. So. Yeah. And then I died. But <laughs> I still uh, <laughs> I finished it and I finished it in time to get a blazing sun. So. Yeah. The, the, yeah, exactly. Like you, you won before you died. That's all that matters. Exactly. So now I will say that the the the, the keeper at this one is interesting. Like I'm not going to play his like audio clip because they half of what they say is the same thing uh, as everybody else, you know. But his attitude, like, he always has, like, a like this stupid smile on his face. He's such a nice person. <laughs> he seems like a really nice person, uh, especially compared to the Sun Furrows hunting ground guy and the Valley Meat guy. The Valley Meat guy, uh, Keeper, he was more, like, afraid of Nora. Didn't want anything to do with Nora. This guy is, like, very welcoming, very nice, you know. Isn't this the dude that, like... I don't want to say he's outcasted, but everybody thought he was too weird. So they kept him at this grounds because. Yes. Yeah. That's that's how he got the gig. They kept him at the ground because they thought he was weird. So, yeah. Too friendly. But, uh, yeah. So let's move on to the Spurflint's hunting ground. This is the, the stealth trials. And I want to put that in quotes, stealth trials, because to get blazing suns on these trials, you cannot be stealthy. You have to be fast. Uh, yeah, it's straight up. Like, so the watch out trial, you do have to kill four watchers silently, 
But you know what I did to get that? I literally just run up to him, slide, and then silent strike him. That's what I had to do. And I barely got that one done because of the way the area. So this trial, like all the other hunting grounds are pretty much, they're kind of flat and laid out, you know, uh, except like the Nora one isn't, but it still has these areas where it's like flat and laid out. It's pretty easy to see. This one just has a lot of foliage in the way. There's a lot of stuff in the way. There's hills and things like that. Like you, you won't see from one, even from the top, you can't see the entire hunting ground. You just can't. So, yeah, it's definitely like getting around it and finding the four watchers to kill isn't difficult, but you got to be careful because it's also crowded. There's two stalkers down there. There's four shell walkers. There's four and and then the the four watchers as well. So doing all that stealthily to get a blazing sun is a bit of a pain. (laughs) Yeah, I got to this one. To just because I was getting the metal flower in the area and I went down the line because the metal flower is right there and there's just all these machines. So I'm like crouched and I was like, man, do I just make a run for it? And then a stalker hops over my head and lands right in front of me. And I'm like, I think I'm going to teleport somewhere else to get this flower. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I want to do these grounds. I, I, I'm pretty good. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. this one is, is my least favorite by far. There, the next one was like the stalker kill trial, which was pretty easy because the stalkers are always, even if you go down there at first, when you start the trial, the stalkers are always start in the same place. So I knew where the first stalker was. I, you know, hit it with the, with the shock, bring it down and I'm killing it. And the second stalker walks up and runs into the shock area, goes down. I kill him and then boom, that's the end of it. So that one was super easy. The worst one, in my opinion, was Slight of Crete, which is where you have to loot these four Shellwalker crates, and you have to do it in one minute and five seconds. Now, two of the crates are already on the ground, like they're off of the Shellwalker's back. So if you're trying to do this, go to the Shellwalker's to the right. There's two crates already on the ground, at least one crate already on the ground. I think it's two. Then you got to run over, and this thing is like, you can't stealth this because you have to run up to the crates, unload the crates, and you have to take advantage of the time it takes for them to notice you because you're right there in front of them unloading these crates. So this might have actually been a good one to put this stealth weave on so that it takes them even longer to notice you, but they will notice you. And then I had to run over to the other ones, blow the crates off the back, and then unload the crates. Like, I have no time to kill shellwalkers. So at this point, shellwalkers are on you. Stalkers are on you. The watchers, they see you. Like, they're all, like, trying to attack you. You just have to unload. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of luck, to be honest with you. Another thing that sucks is that the crates are destructible. So you have to be careful what you shoot at crates. You also have to be careful that the shell walkers don't shoot with crates in the way because they will destroy them. They're like, they'll, they'll destroy the crates and then there's, there's nothing you could do. So this is one of the worst trials for me, honestly. I was not, I was not a fan of, uh, of, the, of, of, of this whole ground. I wasn't a fan of it. I wasn't a fan of it just walking through it. So <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah, these trials weren't very fun to me, so I wasn't I wasn't too happy with it. But you know, got it done. I, I got the blazing suns on them. So 
Uh, the last one I'll bring up is the was well, the last one that we have for now. There is another hunting ground in the Frozen Wilds, but that one's kind of disconnected, so we won't cover it here. We'll cover that when we do the DLC. But um, the Sunfurrows hunting grounds, and this keeper is also like a Karja jerk. You know, he doesn't think you belong there. Like if you get Blazing Sun, he's like, I can't. He's like, I I, I can't believe you got a Blazing Sun on your first try. You know, stuff like that. Or Actually, I don't know, because every time I got a Blazing Sun, it was on the first try thing. Because if I, if I didn't get it on the first try, I died. It was something that killed me, <laughs> you know. So, um, and it still counts as your first try if you, if you die, you know. As long as you don't fail it and then go back, they'll count as your first try. So, I don't know what he says if you do it on the second try or third try. But um, he knows that you can override machines. He actually made a special trial for you. In, in this in this ground called the Ravager Control Trial, where you actually have to override two Ravagers before killing the Thunderjaw. Because that, that this area has, it's pretty, it's so it's like, it's pretty open, but there's like high ground surrounding a low ground area. And in the low ground area, there's a Thunderjaw walking around. On the high ground area, I think there's two Ravagers total. And usually if you alert one, the other one will come running over to you. So, uh, the thing you don't want to alert is the Thunderjaw because it's the spaces, even though it's, it's like, you know, you have the high ground, like it's not that large of an area. So when the Thunderjaw starts like shooting the disc launchers, it's not that great <laughs> for you there. But yeah, you have the override two Ravagers before killing the Thunderjaw, which I mean, you, we, we killed Thunderjaws on our own. We got two Ravagers on our side now because Ravagers will take out the Watchers and then they'll help you kill the Thunderjaw. So. That one is pretty cool. Uh, they also have one called Ravagers versus Machines, where you have to knock off a Ravager cannon, and you shoot two machines. You kill two machines with the cannon, so you kill the Ravager itself, or you can like you know, there's other machines gonna be running around because you're making noise. And, Sounds you know, like a standard Tuesday to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and then there's also Ravager versus Thunderjaw. This one is a bit more difficult. Because if if you're trying to get a blazing sun, this is what I'm talking about. Like when I say it's difficult, I'm talking about getting blazing suns on these, which is supposed to be. But you're supposed to take the you can. There's two ways to do this. You can either override the Thunderjaw and have it kill the Ravagers for you, but you're definitely not getting a blazing sun that way because you can't control it killing. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have to wait for it to to to, to do it. Um. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some people got a blazing sun that way, but like, no, it just wasn't working out. So I, oh, I couldn't see it working out. So the other way is to take the Thunderjaws disc launchers and kill the Ravagers yourself. So I know initially what I was trying to do was I was trying to get both disc launchers off and then, um, you know, fight the, you know, fight the Ravagers, but also try to keep the, you know, you've got to keep the Thunderjaw under, under wraps as well, because you have to fight them all in the same area at this point. What I ended up doing was I would, I'd start the fight by shooting off one of the disc launchers. And, um, oh yeah, I would shoot off one of the disc launchers and then rope cast the Thunderjaw to keep it down. And by the time that time that happened, the Ravagers were coming. I would kill one of the Ravagers with one of the disc launchers because it doesn't take a full. It doesn't take a full clip of disc launcher to 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 kill it. 
but it does take more than half. So I would kill the first one, and then the Thunderjaw would still be tied down. I would knock off the second one, and when you knock off the second one, it will let him free of the ropes. So that may, is a little bit more challenging because I'd have to rope cast him again to hold him down, but at the same time, I have to dodge this other Ravager that's coming after me and dodge these Watchers that are coming after me. And so I would tie him down again and then get the the the, the launcher again and kill the second Ravager, and that's how I did it. <laughs> that, Can you not do any I, damage to the Ravagers outside of the, the launcher? You probably can, yeah. So if I if I damage the ravagers, but the killing blow has to come from a disc, though. Gotcha. So I like this like guy. Oh, sorry. No, I say if and if you if they're charging at you, you you could just lay into them. But go ahead. What were we gonna say? No, I like how this guy is like. I hate you. I made these special trials just for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a mean one. Like he he didn't think the Nora or the savages should be. They're probably a savage and a woman. I mean, you, you're pulling double duty here on the on the hate. So I'm not too surprised there. But uh, yeah, so once you get all of the the sons, the the you know, so if you get 15 half sons, they give you a rope caster. If you get 15 full sons, they give you a blast sling. And then if they give you if you get if uh you get 15 blazing suns, you get a war bow. Oh, why you have you have a face? Why you have a face? Is it a different rope caster than what you already have? It is a very good rope caster. Okay, I was like <laughs> you have to use the rope caster. Yeah, in no, order like, to finish some of these trials. Like I haven't looked it up officially, but it might be the best rope caster in the game. Okay. Because like I so you know how like normally you tie down a big machine and you don't you don't have that much time mm-hmm. to to freeze it or something like that. Man, I you could tie down a thunder jaw. You can tie the only thing you can't tie down for a long time is a rock breaker. But you could tie down a thunder jaw, you could tie down a stormbird and just go look for health you can go like you can just walk around it holds them down for so long it holds them down for so long like it's just you there's no rush to do anything at that point also they look different because they have gold plating and stuff like that on them Ooh. yeah so they look fancy honestly the the best of the three weapons is the rope caster in my opinion depending on how you play the war bow is also good but i ju- i would just use a sling instead the only advantage of the war bow is that you can do um corruption you can corrupt a machine from a distance so you can actually take over a machine at a distance if you wanted to oh that's so sick i'm not getting blazing suns but now i'm tempted to maybe try for the half suns that's so much work though yeah, I mean the blast sling. I'm sure it's fine, but because I, 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 I've I've read about people, you know, bringing down a stormbird right with a rope caster, loading it up with the blast bombs because they don't do any damage. They're like sling shots. They don't do like they don't do a ton of damage, so they don't break the ropes. Loading up with blast, you know, bombs. And they're just letting it fly away and then boom, like <laughs> let it blow up. Oh, so they're like and sticky, it, sticky grenades. Yeah, they're like sticky grenades. So they uh they just blow up and then that's the end of the stormbird. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. 
yeah, I've seen that, but that wasn't my style. Like, you know, but yeah, I can definitely see how that's effective. But yeah, the, the war bow, because you can get a war bow without doing this too. You can buy like a card of war bow and stuff like that with corruption. I just think that this, the corrupt, the level, the, how fast it corrupts is, is faster here. But yeah, so that's the only good thing about the war bow. Cause other than that, honestly, you can freeze things, you can shock things at a distance. But if you're used to using the sling, it's not the same level. Like I, I put one shock, you know, uh, down from the sling and it'll take down a, uh, a stalker with one hit, but you got to hit him multiple times with this. So the, I would say the corruption is probably the best part to be, <laughs> be honest with you. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't use the war bow that much. So, but I will say that rope caster, man, that just makes coming across larger machines for the rest of the game much easier i haven't tried the rope cast like a um a corruptor or a death bringer can you so i don't know i I actually where i am right now like literally i saved looking dead into the eyes (laughs) of a corruptor and i was like i need to go to sleep i'll see you tomorrow (laughs) 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 you know so that's where i saved where i am in the game right now and so i'll probably I'll, i'll let you know so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, uh, how, how you feeling? Where, 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 where are we at with the game, Christina? Uh, I was just relieved that I was done with this whole side quest chain. I still am very confused about side quests versus errands because this whole f- thing felt like a side quest and I get it. It's like, Aaron, go collect the trophies from these machines but then the second quest you get in the chain is a side quest, but it's basically an errand because it's like, go kill these machines. Right, so, yeah. um, but no, I'm, I'm glad to, to be done with that. But I think Talana is actually one of my favorite side characters in the story. Um, so I'm really hoping to see her again in the future, in the future game, because you said you might see her later, but like, I'm sure it's not that deep, so... Yeah, it's 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 just like a, a a quick interaction. So yeah, yep. So okay, so yeah, on the next episode, we are going to be heading to the grave for finally. Like I said, we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna be marching on this uh, this main quest line where we try to figure out what happened to the old ones and how they stopped the machines and did they build a super weapon like Silent said he heard about. So. Yeah, that's where we're we're going to next. So in the next episode, we're definitely heading to the Grave Horde and maybe a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this show and the other shows on the MASH Network, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash the MASH Network. Uh, Christina, you want to give them your socials? Yeah, you can find me at S'mores Poptar on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also a host of a podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales. And we talk about Final Fantasy 14 content, um, going through the main story quest or whatever fun stuff we're doing for the week. So you can come listen to us there. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. You can also find me streaming on our Twitch channel occasionally at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Like I said earlier, we'd love to have you join our Discord community which is mash.gg slash discord. And uh, we do have channels for Horizons or Dawn of Forbidden West. So we'd love to hear what you have to say. 
Uh, you know, we would love for you guys to reach out to us with comments and questions as well. So you can do so on Discord or Twitter, or you can just send us an email at contact at mash.gg. If you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can visit mtb.gg slash support. You'll see all the many ways you can support Mash's buttons, like Patreon or Teespring Store or Twitch subscriptions. Uh, Humble Bundle affiliate links and one-time PayPal donation link. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mashless Buttons. And with that, we're done for this episode. We will see you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 